1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. All thanks to McDonald's Makers, together and loving it TNCs apply
2: Harrison Agents To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania Search Harrison Agents today On SEN Tassie Jack and Flash With Jack Revolt and David Liffey. Joe goes to the bucket, finishes on the dunk. There's 1.1 seconds left. The greatest Cinderella story in NBL history continues. The fairy tale that no one thought was possible is exactly that. Tassie are through to their first...
3: Oh my goodness, what an evening for all Tasmanians! Welcome to the Jack Jumpers breakfast special here on SEN Tasmania. We're live on 1629, SEN Tassie, and the SEN app, and we're here to celebrate one thing, ladies and gentlemen the Jack Jumpers making the NBL Grand Final Series in their inaugural season. And it's all thanks to harrisonagents.com.au. My name's David Lithgow, I think most of you know me as Flash. my... Sparring partner Jack Rewalt's going to be coming on a little later on, but co-hosting this morning Tasmanian basketball champion SEN basketball commentator Chris Simons. Good morning to you, Chris. Morning, Flash.
1: What a morning it is. The uh, whole of Tasmania turning green once again this week for the grand final series lead Sydney.
3: Quite incredible, mate. Uh, we want to hear from you people out there right through the show. We've got Scott Roth coming up at 10 past eight. But call in on one 300 Or text us on 437 552 Or just tweet us at SEN Tasmania. Goodness me, Chris.
1: Uh, have you come down yet, mate? I, oh, in shock, Flash, like uh, so many people, I mean, been in shock for the whole season, both what they've done on court and off court, and we've all watched the movies, the Cinderella stories, the rags to riches stories around you know, baseball and gridiron, well, now we're living one, it's, it's truly unbelievable what Scott Ross has been able to do with this group.
3: There's no doubt about that, um, we're going to have all our, and it's going to go very quickly because there's so much to talk about. Um, but when you reflect, I don't know what time you got to sleep, Chris. I was a bit after midnight and I was waking up way too early from my own good, that's for sure. But so many big moments. I mean, look, do we start with the Josh Adams leaner in the corner? I mean, that, that's actually one of the greatest shots. I, I'm an NBA nut, as you know. Uh, that's one of the greatest shots I've ever seen. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah, yeah it was really tough. He was a little bit off balance. His, his footwork a wasn't bit, great. But... A little bit? <laughs> It was an amazing shot. but he was really aggressive from the outset. You no know, probably forced a little bit early on. I think he went none of four to start the game. And then he got really hot in the third quarter. And then he sat halfway through the third quarter till you now into the fourth quarter and had gone a little bit cold, but came good again in, the, in that last five minutes. Uh, and he was certainly the difference in the game last night.
3: He was indeed. And it just was a
1: incredible.
3: He's just one of those guys, and we've seen it all year in the first year of the NBL, that... He has a button, and when he pushes the button, just get out of the way because he gets as hot as a pistol. And I guess to do it in the biggest moment last night, I can't wait to talk to Scott Roth about that. Actual, you know, his mindset was just incredible.
1: Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit during the year. He's at his best when he's attacking the basket, and early on, he forced a few um, jump shots and three point shots. And then when he started to get the the basket, he really started to get going, and and then from there he was able to drop drop a couple of um, short range jumpers, and then get his three point shot going. And you know, we're we're going to be talking about the two Adamses this week, uh, Josh and oh. Jalen, because they're both oh, uh, knocking down thirty point games in the finals, and, and we'll play a make part in the grand final series.
3: And of course, it's a best of five series, and it starts. Starts on Thursday night in Sydney, of course, and then back to Tasmania on Sunday afternoon. Um, look, we'll get into that preview, I guess, a little bit later on in the program. But I, I, look, Chris, I just wrote down some big moments last night when I couldn't sleep. No reason why, of course. I'm sitting up here uh, in Queensland, as you know, I should be relaxed as all, but I couldn't couldn't move a wink. So I wrote down a few notes. McVeigh's fadeaway with a few minutes to go in traffic With Jack White, who, by the way, was absolutely outstanding. Um, That was as tough a shot as you'll see. Majet's little mid-ranger. I want to talk about Mikhail McIntosh's offensive rebounding in that last quarter. By golly, that was something else.
1: Yeah, look, they've been really solid. I mean, White was good with 14-14. But he was none of five from the three-point line and one of four from the free-throw line, and, and that really hurts. I'm not sure why he started to shoot the three-point shot through the final series, because it's not his game um, and not something that he should be looking to do. I think there's two jack jumpers that won't get spoken about much this week that are really unsung heroes, and that's Chris Levitch and Bairstow. The work that they've done in the second two finals, um, both physically in beating up on JLA and Haporti and and crashing the boards and really making a contest has gone a long way to winning those last two games. And McIntosh, you know, he's been solid this final series. He, he hasn't been outstanding. You know, he only had five and nine last night, but he's been really solid. And Majette, I mean, he's just the glue. He had nine points, four rebounds, seven assists. And after his fairly quiet game one, his game two and game three have been really solid for the for the jack jumpers. No doubt about that. Well, let's
3: move forward here because we have the coach of the moment online for us now. It's a great pleasure to have Scott Roth join us. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, guys. Uh, firstly, did you get a wink of sleep?
4: I slept like a baby. Oh, did, I go, I go, I, go, I got back to the uh, back to the uh, hotel and went to bed. I'm. I'm. I'm not. Um, yeah, too stressed about too much at this point in my life and um, enjoyed the moment, had a beer or two with the guys and went upstairs and went to bed.
3: Can you believe what's unfolded last night? Um, I, I was lucky enough to interview at the end of the game the other day Josh Majette and Jared Weeks and that steely resolve after the, yep. the win against Melbourne in Game 2 was so evident and there was no question in their minds that we th- we're going to win. We're going to go. We're going to Melbourne. We're going to win this to make a grand final. That seems to be the mindset from all yourself and all your players the whole way through.
4: Yeah, I mean, listen, we we have put in a tremendous amount of work, obviously, and our our strength of this group is the group, and um, everyone gets to play and everyone's impactful at different times during the course of the game, and um, it showed up again uh, last night. We felt like um, if we could keep the game where we needed to have it in the fourth quarter that. Of late, we've been winning those fourth quarters, and um, our effort and relentlessness was um, showcased again of just how tough these guys are. And um, as I said before, you know, we were very lucky to, to be the defending champions, and Dean Bickerman's just a heck of a coach, and they got great players over there. And uh, it was a shame that Chris couldn't play in that game, but the opportunity presented itself for us to go through, and uh, we're better for it for playing them, and um, we're on to the grand finals.
3: Can I ask you to take you back to the end of Game 1? And it was, look, a disappointing result. You hung in there at half-time, and perhaps the margin even looked to be a little flattering. And and look, it could have blown out to 25 points. You kept it within 11. There was a significant mindset change from the outside looking in from Game 1 to Game 2, which you got right back to basics. And that defensive attitude from the first second of Game 2 everything flipped again. Is that how, is that, was that a massive focus from game one to game two?
4: I mean, it was a, it was a big focus. Uh, you know, we had, we held them to 74 points, I believe, <laughs> uh, in game one. So our defense was on point for the most part, but they just out us and outworked us. And that's kind of been our, our thing that we hang our hat on and being relentless on the glass and being physical and getting after people. And They seem to get every 50, 50 ball and every offensive rebound they needed. And, Uh, Going into game two, um, it was hugely important for us to get back to doing those little things that we have been doing well uh, on this run to finish out the season.
1: The
3: impact of the
4: match. I'm sure
1: sure the cigar and wine was sweet last night. Um, We're going to hear a lot about Josh Adams and and his performance this week, but can you talk to us a little bit about the unsung heroes, Chris LeVitch, and even to a lesser extent, McVeigh and the role that they've been playing?
4: Well, like I said, the strength of uh, this team is its its entirety and um, it seems like someone's just not quite on point. Someone seems to step in and you know, I think uh, again um, everyone had written this team off early on and on paper said that they would finish 10th and so on and so forth but um, beauty's in the eye of the beholder and I saw character guys, culture guys, winners uh, that would fit a role and that's what they've come in and done and and continue to expand their roles and get better at it. And, uh, you know, Jack McVay is a perfect example of a guy that probably made the biggest adjustment of all from moving from the three spot to the four. And I had multiple conversations with him before I was convinced that he would be willing to do that to come play for me. And um, everyone's just kind of filling in in their niche and and working hard. And we just got a lot of um, guys that, you know, love each other and and find value in each other and, and play hard.
3: No doubt about that, and and I just look. You, you talk about the grit and grind, which is absolutely the ethos and everything that you've built the brand on. Last night, I've got to tell you though, Scott, some of those clutch shots last night were just from the absolute top shelf. Whether it's we're talking about um, McVeigh's fadeaway with Jack White in his face um, from about twelve feet, we don't. Adams's bucket's one of the biggest buckets I've ever seen, and I'm a massive NBA fan that watches it every day there was some huge,
4: huge clutch moments. Yeah, I mean you get into the playoffs obviously and everything comes down to you know some shot making and and some luck really at the end of the day and having the right possessions to push it over the top and sometimes you're successful and sometimes you're not but I see these guys every day in practice and what they're doing and just try to give them as much freedom and belief to a certain extent of of being confident in what they're doing and back them and and they, they stepped up and obviously made some really big plays in game two and game three and Um, that's what the playoffs are about really is, is, is guys, uh, you know, stepping up at certain times. And uh, I've asked these guys, I don't need anyone to be great. I just need everyone to be good or average. That'll be uh, plenty for us and just do your role and play within that role and and just be solid. Scott, Josh Adams was
1: a little bit down in, in game two. He seemed to be having a really aggressive mindset last night. Was that something you talked to him about before the game?
4: Well, I try not to talk to him because he's, he's wound up and ready to go most of the time. So me talking to him is not going to do anything, which more with video with him. and uh, You know, he hadn't played quite as well as I'm sure he wanted to in game one and two. And there was some frustration here and there. And he got, you know, relatively frustrated in the beginning of, the, of this uh, game three. And uh, our guys rallied around him and kept him calm and got him through uh, uh, some of the difficulties that he thought. Going on the floor, and and he just had a monster second half for us, obviously. And we kept going to him. And, um, you know, kudos to him for just, you know, clearing his mind in the second half and um, us relying on him and and, um, him just making obviously big shots and carrying us uh, most of that second half. Do you embrace
3: the Cinderella story element of all this, Scott? I mean, how do you look at it?
4: (laughs) Well, I mean, it is obviously an incredible story, and I think it's an incredible story for Tasmania and all the young kids uh, there to rally around basketball and bring it back to the state, and I think it's been hugely impactful, and obviously there's a Cinderella uh, component to it, but um, we had belief from day one about what we could do, and I'm not sure everyone saw that, and uh, we just started doing it week by week and seeing where it would end up when yeah, there is obviously a little bit of a fairy tale to it, but um, this is actually real life and it's, it's happening before our eyes and um, the guys are just um, locked in and focused on, you know, the next thing.
3: Can I just... I, I, look, I feel like we could go through all the players and talk about everyone because it's such a collective yeah. effort. Um, Mikhail McIntosh, you look at the stat yeah. sheet, he's only had five points in the 14 minutes. He's sat on four fouls for so long. His offensive rebounding, crashing the boards at six foot five and a half in that last quarter, that was from the top shelf.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I said this morning in another interview, you know, obviously a lot of people were having uh, mostly media and I guess some fans wanting his bags to be packed and move on. And my whole mindset was that he needs some time. Um, I'm pushing him as hard as I can. It sent a horrible message for culture of what we've been building here to send a player off in the first three or four months. And we got to back him and trust him. And um, uh, probably early in the season, he could have made those multiple effort plays that he did last night and throughout the last couple of weeks, and he's continued to get better. And, and, you know, one thing that's great about Mikhail is he doesn't care about starting. He doesn't care about too much other than the team. And that's hard to find when you get uh, imports that come in that sometimes think it's about them more than it is about the team. And, and he just buys into everything we're doing and continues to get better. And, and we back him.
3: We're talking with Scott Roth, the coach of the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. One last question from us, Scott. We, yep. we, we, we will sure. let you go. Um, what happens now, mate? How do you prepare for the Kings? Well,
4: I'm going to have a cigar today. And when I get back to Hobart, <laughs> and chill out and watch some TV and watch International House Hunters at 7 o'clock when it comes on in Hobart and sit on my couch and breathe and um, we'll get to them on Wednesday and we'll start to regroup and and focus on them. But right now um, we're all just going to enjoy the last uh, 36 hours here and, and uh, we'll rally again on Wednesday and get ourselves back to work. Scotty
3: Roth from everybody in Tasmania. Congratulations, mate. And I guess you would be the mindset now the job's not done.
4: Absolutely. We're not satisfied and uh, there's still work ahead of us and our guys are ready.
3: Thank you, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate
4: you guys. Thank you.
3: Scott Roth, the coach there, Chris. Um, golly, he's good with his time as always, but what a star and what a, what a great mindset he's got. Now, I think we're going to have a caller here straight away. Is that Roy from Launceston on the line?
0: Hey, boys, how are you?
3: Roy, the,
0: how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm dusty. I'm real bad, but I'm still pumped.
3: Uh, look, it sounds like you've um, you've certainly enjoyed yourself through the evening, there, Roy. Um, you went to the game. Uh, how, how was yeah. it, mate? From a from a fan's perspective.
0: Look, it was amazing. So, um, it, it, I'll tell you one thing: it did was make me appreciate how good we've got it pumping down at my state arena because Melbourne had no nothing, not even a shadow of the support that um, that we create down. At my state, it, and uh, to tell you the truth, the little pocket of Jack Jumpers fans um, at John Kane, they they basically had control of the stadium. The Melbourne had very little support. I don't know if it came through on the TV, but the passion of the Jack Jumpers fans compared to the Melbourne fans—it was unbelievable.
1: Roy, Timo here. How are you, you mate?
0: Hey, Timo. You know, good mate.
1: Yeah, you've been round to basketball. For a long time. Can you believe what Scott Ross has been able to do with this group of players?
0: Look, I, no, not to this extent. One, one thing I thought at the start of the year um, when I was watching the Blitz games and things like that, um, I, I did recognise you could see the type of players that he had gone and picked. There was no one that was going to need their 30 points a game to be happy. Um, he got Majet in, who you could tell was just, if nothing else, we were never going to get blown out with him running the show. I saw it, always thought Adams as someone that could win us a game off his own bat at any given time, which, you know, we didn't see it in Game 1 and 2, but Game 3 last night, that's exactly what he did. Um, the way he made them gel, having said all that, nah, that's just Unbelievable. The buying he's got from those guys is absolutely amazing.
3: Roy, no no question about that, mate. Great to have you on the show this morning, and I have no doubt we'll run into each other over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Refresh, mate, and have a good day. Yeah, cheers,
0: guys.
3: It was Roy from Launceston, um, and he really does epitomise everything that's happened this morning. This is Jack and Flash, Jack Jumper's special on SEN Tasmania. Jack Revolt and Andrew Gaze to join us after the break.
2: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Livgate.
3: Welcome back to the Jack Jumpers Breakfast Special here on SEN Tasmania with Flash and Chris Simons. You can call in on one 342 42 1533 or send us a text 0437-552-535. Gosh, the text line has lit up. Cam has texted. This club must open the My State Bank Arena on Friday for fans to watch Game 1 in Sydney together on the big screens. Don't mind it, Cam. Peter's texted in, I'm so proud of this team, proud to be a jack jumper. We are coming for you, Sydney. And David here cannot underestimate Josh Majet's ability to slow the game down. Bairstow was huge. No question about that. Thanks for your text. Keep them coming in and we'll have some callers soon. But... Without further ado, we've got my old mate here. Now he was courtside. he looks steely focused. Jack Revolt, Pom Pom cheerleader of the highest order of the Tasmanian Jack Chambers. How are you going there, pal?
5: Hey Flash man, Chris, how are we?
3: Oh Jack. How are you feeling there, son?
5: Ah uh, well, I've uh, <laughs> uh mate. Woke up with a spring in my step bar this morning. We spoke last night on the phone, Flash, just how great it was to be a Tasmanian Jack Jumper supporter last night at, uh, at John Kane Arena. I walked out of there with my mother, uh, very, very happy. I
3: imagine your dear mother too, um, it, she didn't get the notoriety on the box as you command, rightly or wrongly. I would have thought she would have been right up on her toes last night.
5: Yeah, no, no. Mum played a lot of basketball up north west coast. She's from Devonport, so she actually played for, for Tasmania. Um, I think at a, even at a state uh, senior level. So um, it was it was one of the best sporting events I've been to, and I, I was very lucky to go to the first game, the Jack Jumpers played, the first home game, My State Bank Arena, and that was pumping there. Last night, it was pumping for the first three minutes the uh, Melbourne United fans, and they were hoping for the free hungry Jacks and whatnot. But you could hear a pin drop in that last little two minutes there. The only thing we could hear for the whole two minutes was just those 250, 300 Jack Jubbers fans ch- chanting March, and it was... Jeez, it was good. Jesus it made me feel really good. I certainly right up my tippy toes this morning, Flashman.
3: <laughs> what does it mean to you, mate? You've been living in uh, over the dark side of Victoria since you were 18 years of age, passionate Tasmanian. Um, I don't reckon you've experienced anything like that, have you?
5: No, it was... Um, oh. It's funny because it's sort of like there's a bit of spiritualness to it as well in terms of definitely your your home state, your, your our, my home state, our home state. Flash coming over here to a, I mean, five and a half million people live in Melbourne, let alone Victoria. Like to come into their um, their home home venue, we were already two, one nil down after the first round loss, and then to win the the last two back to back it was um, everything Tasmania's built about and we've spoken about it in a length flash just the um, I suppose what this team symbolises and they symbolise everything in Tasmania that dogged defensive attitude but I got a first hand go it again last night and you're right every player had a moment I mean you look at even McAdams and Mc- McIntosh sorry I mean pretty poor first half from, from what they would they would usually put out but then they just had their moments and it was, uh, it was very enjoyable.
1: Jack, you, you've been around sport a long time and you talk about the noise last night. The noise at my state the last two home games has been unbelievable, the loudest I've heard at a sporting event. But let's talk a little bit about the team. They're, they're not the most talented team going around, but what they have for each other is that love and that respect and that bond. And we've heard that in the AFL the last few teams that that's what's driving premierships. Can
5: you see that taking this team to another level again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's an intangible that it's, um, it's, it's probably put down to spirit, I reckon. And um, I mean, we, we, as the Richmond Football Club, we were extremely lucky. We went through something like that in 2017 and obviously been doing it for a while now. Uh, and it's an intangible on the field that is such an advantage if you can have it. It comes down to one man, though, and that's Scott Ross. And I was so glad uh, when we just had him on before that he spoke about um, the fact that there was sort of a few mumblings from the murmur, even the fans, about sending Mikhail McIntosh home and, and cutting him loose halfway through the season. But he said that's not what he was about as a coach and that's not what the culture was about. It was actually persisting and, and believing in, in his players. And the belief that he's shown um, is now being, and has been, out on the court, in full view for people to see, because the players genuinely believe. It, it, like the smiles on their faces, even at halftime. Like just little things. Like they came out first at halftime, and now all the Jack Jumpers boys are out warming up. There was sort of two or three Melbourne United players just coming out in dribs and drabs. We just looked like an absolute unit, and um, that's what they say: a, a, a champion team will always be a team of champions.
1: Just to finish hey, hey, up, build that so quick.
5: Yeah, I think just, even the fact that Scott Ross taken, he, he went around the whole state and studied the state. like He's, probably looking at, he's still looking at the basketball acumen and, and, and what the basketball history of the state, but get to knowing the, the, the state of Tasmania and the team plays for the state. They play for their coach and they play for their people and you can't ask for much more, I don't think.
3: No doubt about that. And all the while, just in 20 seconds, the AFL is still talking about twenty twenty seven. I think. What's the unders and overs about how many kids will take up basketball instead of football over the next five years in that period? Oh, I've got it set at 11,500.
5: Yeah, no, look, I, I think you're around the mark. It's hard to put a number on it, but the AFL, AFL has it sitting there last night. I'd be wanting that bid forward, so... Um... Look forward to chatting a little bit more about that on Friday, Flash, when I'm back. You've done two shows since I've been away, but uh, doing a very good job.
3: Well done, mate. Great to see your face last night. Great passion from the Tasmanians. And I was only—I thought you would want to storm the court, knowing you. But other than that, uh, mate, I look forward to catching up with you during the week. Yeah, Jackies are on the
5: march. Let's go. Come on, bring on those kings.
3: Flash and Chris Simons, you can call us on 1-300-4215. Or just send us a text on 0437 552 535. Let's get through a couple of these texts. Coley from Devonport. Quite simply, all other basketball in Tasmania on Sunday afternoon needs to be rescheduled to give all the hoopers a chance to watch history in the making for Tasmania. And this one from Clinton from Mowbray. David, just wondering, who do you think plays Scott Roth in the movie that'll be made about this? I couldn't agree more. I think we've got a caller come through. Warnie from Launceston's on the line. Good morning.
6: G'day, Flash. How are we going, mate? How good was that?
3: I'm very well, thank you. How are you going? You went to the game last night? Yeah, so I
6: caught the uh flight, early flight back home, but worth every uh well, lost minute of sleep to uh get back here on bus duty at school this morning to uh go and experience that because the crowd was intense. Like Saturday night was the greatest sporting event I'd been to. My State Bank Arena was just buzzing and I've never experienced anything like that. But then I nearly oh well, the win to win a game three was epic in itself, but just our strongest supporters that we had in our little corner there, unbelievable noise coming out of our pockets.
1: Orny Sino here. How are you going?
6: Good, Sino. How are you, mate?
1: Going well. You've followed a lot of sport and a lot of AFL. Where does this journey that the Jack Jumpers have been on rank?
6: Oh, well, we went to the first game and we sort of bought in very early. We had those breakers games down here last year, which was great to get along to and, and always love like any national sports, a fantastic thing and, and been to a lot of big sporting moments as well. But that first game that went to overtime, they won there after we'd gone to those blitz games earlier on and we could see what sort of, a team that they had built like and it was more not about the stars, it was just about the characters and I think that was what we've bought into and the players have bought into so Roth has done an amazing job with that sort of thing and just got players that have just bought in and become a unit and I think that's what can be seen on court, off the court, we've been to a family day type things and and the kids love it. I've got a five-year-old, and she is just so all over that. As much as my head is well embedded into AFL, I tell you what, they've got a, AFL's got a little bit of work to do when we get our team because this uh, Jack Jumpers outfit is just making everything very exciting for kids everywhere.
3: Warney, one last one in 15 seconds. What was the What was the one moment you'll remember? Was it just the Adams three, the obvious one?
6: Yeah, that was the obvious one. But just oh, Jack McVeigh, I just love everything about him. He's been sensational uh, throughout the whole season. But he was great. But, yeah, Adam, it was nice of him to turn up on the night.
3: Thank you very much for joining us. You've you've got that feeling of, of everybody in Tasmania this morning. So much excitement and adrenaline. Big name coming up shortly. Andrew Gaze to join us next. Flash Lithgow going. Chris Simons with you celebrating the Jack Jumpers right through to 9am.
2: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Livgate. I'm jumping Jack it's a yes, yes, yes.
3: Welcome back to the Jack Jumpers Breakfast Special here on SEN Tasmania with Jack and Flash. Chris Simons is with us here. You can call us on 1300 42 1533. Or text us on 0437 I've got a text coming through and I'll just pose this to our next person. I spoke to this great man, five-time Olympian, just before the game, uh, the game two the other day. And and Andrew goes, good morning. I've had a text straight away. Jack from Richmond has texted in Gazy, the Jackies are on the march. How are you going this morning, <laughs> mate?
4: I'm going really
7: good, and I can uh, appreciate your enthusiasm and passion for things because it's a historic night last night, and uh, you should enjoy it and still have a, a bit of faith that you know what? The ultimate prize is right within your grasp.
3: Take us back to last night, Mate, or oh, in fact, the last, uh, the last two games, game two and game three, uh, a real shift in defensive attitude in terms of the, the Jack Jumpers game two that we all witnessed. Um, what did you take out of last night in particular?
7: Well, it was an extraordinary performance. Um, they came out, and I thought in that first quarter, Melbourne United really stamped their authority. It was, I think it was 25 uh, 21 at quarter time, and that was not in the jack jumper sweet spot. The, the, the score was too high, and I think they came out, and perhaps uh, the excitement and, and the Um, the opportunity that was before them uh, got the better of them because they were quick shooting it and it really allowed for a lot of exchanges of the ball, which was uh, in favour of uh, Melbourne United. But as they've done the entire season, they're able to figure things out pretty quickly and they they went into their lockdown defence and um, became really scrappy. And a lot of their defence is capable because of what they do on offence. When they put themselves in um, uh, really defendable situations in defensive transition, it becomes a whole lot harder for their opponents because their mangy, scrappy, determined defensive efforts. Uh, it's, it's not something you see every day in the, in the NBL. So it, uh, it was a, a perfectly put-together uh, game after that first quarter, and uh, they were able to get the, the ultimate reward.
3: Gazy with Gazy. us. Did you, I, I just, no, go Chris, shoot mate.
1: Gazy, let's look at Melbourne a little bit. They shot 20% from the three point line and 52% from the free throw line, which is just uh, insane. Did the pressure get to them?
7: Uh, a little bit. I, I think that it would be um, a little disrespectful for, to the JJs if we just put it down to poor shooting. Yes, certainly from the free throw line, absolutely. But uh, like I said before, the way in which they were playing the defence and, and um, really making every shot tough, there was barely a clear look from the three-point line the entire night. A lot of them contested, and um, and and what happens is that you start to rush it. You start to uh, the, the game becomes a lot quicker, uh, and, and of course the moment uh, that that may have been an impact, and uh, not having Chris Golding there. We can't ignore that because he is a huge part of what they do from the from the perimeter and particularly from the three-point line. So that was a, a big advantage to the Jack Jumpers. But um, down the other end of the floor, what they were able to do is uh, is, is be able to um, get that ball moving. And if if you look at if Melbourne United when they go back and look over the over the game, um, they should be looking closely at what the Jack Jumpers were able to do because. A lot of their three-point field goal attempts were coming later in the offense after they'd gone through, moved the man, moved the ball, and things loosen up a little bit, and usually uh, they they provide
3: uh, some cleaner looks. They certainly do, and, and, and just the moments last night, I mean, the grit and grind, and that's been the ethos, guys, he hasn't for Tasmania all year, but by golly, they made some huge shots at different moments with different different guys. Everyone seemed to contribute, didn't
7: they? Oh, yeah, certainly. Josh Adams was, was huge, 30. Uh, you have, yeah, I think he had 30 in the end. Um, and the thing about it, there was times on the floor when I was looking out at your roster and I'm thinking back, not to what we know now, but I was thinking back to what we were, what we were thinking before the start of the season. And honestly, it was like an NBL One team that was out on the floor. Um, and it was just speaks volumes for the way in which they've been able to cobble these guys together, get them believing in a system, and executing uh, selflessly, prepared to sacrifice their own game, work their tails off on the defensive end individually and collectively. And it just shows what, what is capable Um, in team sport when you get that type of um, chemistry and mentality about how you're going to play.
3: Gazi, the very quick and simple question just to let you go. Can they win it? Can they beat the Kings three times?
7: Well, me saying no all the way along, so you probably hope that I continue to say no, but I I think it's (laughs) unlikely. But um, I'm at a point now, I'm a believer. I'm a believer and think that, well, it is conceivable, which is... um, Quite extraordinary, considering what uh, we all thought of this team at the start of the season. And even when they snuck into the playoffs, and when I say snuck in, they won 17 games, so it's not like they were poor, but they um, they had to wait to the last round to get in there. And um, uh, they keep keep surprising us all, so there's no reason why you shouldn't have hope. And uh, uh, like I said, right at the start, an opportunity to get the ultimate prize.
3: We'll hear from Gazey from 3pm on the run home on SEN Tassie later this afternoon. Andrew Gaze again, thanks very much for joining us and we'll talk to you over the next couple of weeks of exciting basketball here in Tasmania.
7: It's a pleasure. Enjoy,
3: guys. Andrew Gaze, what a thrill there, Chris, to have the great man talk
1: about what was an extraordinary evening. I think he sums up everybody too in that he's in shock. He's in shock of what... The jack jumpers have been able to do from day one so it's amazing that they got the win last night but let's not forget the roster that they put together and he he said it there then it was an nbl one roster you know there's guys there you know that clubs didn't want there's guys there that haven't played in the nbl for three years and nobody wanted and he's turned them into an outfit that is now in the grand final in their first year it's unbelievable
3: this is the Jack Jumpers Breakfast Special. Back with more of your calls and text after this.
2: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEM Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Livgay. I'm John. With Jack Flash, it's a guest, yes.
3: Welcome back to the Jack Jumpers Breakfast Special on SEN Tasmania with Flash and Chris Simons. Gets some last minute. Text in if you can. 535. One just come through you. That Josh Adams shot was Kawhi Leonard esque when the Sixers beat the Raptors. Or say it again, which put the Raptors out with the Ra- David, the Raptors won. The Sixers got beat, went to the finals, and they ended up winning the championship. Well, two things a little different there. Obviously, Chris, that was a buzzer beater from Kawhi that bounced on the front iron about five times. But I reckon, in terms of a shot, Adams was harder.
1: Yeah, it was. It was an amazing shot. Like we said it earlier, he was off balance. His feet were all over the show, but he, he certainly made some big shots last night, and he'll need to make even more, I think, in this King series.
3: He certainly will and big shots were the order of the night and I know we touched on him too but you know McVeigh's fade away. I love the sure handling or ball handling last night of Majed. I thought he was so clean and you know Deliver over. he's a he's a world class defender. Didn't have his greatest game, Deli of course and he had had a few mates. They shot poorly from outside. Um, big Lual was terrific but they just got it done, didn't
1: they? Yeah, I thought Illy was outstanding for Melbourne mm. but yeah, you know, Huporty, Agata, Delhi, Newley, Barlow, all went missing. They weren't there on the big stage last night.
3: They certainly weren't. And then Goldian, of course, obviously before the game, misses out and it just seemed to all fall apart. What an extraordinary night it was. It's been great to have your company here this morning on SEN Tasmania. Of course, we'll be back on 7am with Jack and Flash on Friday. But coming up next, it'll be Waitley with the great man, Jared
1: Waitley.